Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. Actually, as of this moment, I'm not sure if we're going to release this as audio. It may be a YouTube exclusive. We shall see. What I can tell you for sure is that it is sponsored by our friends over at RaceLens. Happy to be partnered with them again. We've got two really nice promos, one for new and one for existing RaceLens customers. You can sign up for an unlimited RaceLens monthly subscription and get the first month for only a dollar. That is the promo code in the money. And for former and current customers, we've got a special offer. You can come back and try or extend your current plan and enjoy a 40% off any unlimited race lens subscription. Promo code in the money 40. To learn more, go to in the money slash race lens. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, here for this special show, joined by our Race Lens Power user. We're going to be talking Race Lens. We're going to be talking about the upcoming Saratoga meet with Matt Vagvolgi. Matt, how are things? Doing great, Pete. We're getting close. We're getting close. The traffic is picking up around here. The <laughs> uh, hashtag Saratoga is trending on Twitter. So uh, I think we're getting close. I think we're getting close. Fantastic. As you could probably tell, not in Saratoga just yet. Still in the woods of Maine. Going to be getting it in time for our live show on Sunday at the Brentwood. That's going to be great fun. Spencer Lugenbuehl going to be joining me at the Brentwood. We're going to be live streaming that on YouTube as well. We encourage folks to check up with all our content in the moneypodcast.com or on the YouTube page through uh, for In The Money Media. Lots of great stuff coming your way. Lots of special stuff for the Saratoga meet. Going to be having uh, our pro player roundtable show. Still trying to finalize the lineup for that. But really excited, Matt, to talk with you about this upcoming Saratoga meet and uh, specifically how you use race lens to prepare for it. Let's start with a little bit more of, uh, of the evergreen content, if you will. I would like to get a look, and you're willing to share your screen here with us, at, uh, at what your race lens, what it basically like for the uninitiated, what it looks like for those who are familiar with it, maybe to get a little bit of a sneak peek of some of your angles we're going to share your home screen there um so folks watching on youtube can can check that out G- give us a sense of how you use the program yeah so this this is um this is the home screen this is what i've referred to many times as uh, one of the first things i open up uh, every morning um just to see what's out there you know no matter what uh, what racing uh, card it is you know obviously you can toggle up top you know from different days but Basically what it's showing me, any angles or any kind of research that I've done that I have saved that is that ends up being specific to a particular horse at a particular track will show up, as you can see on the left side of the screen, right? So it'll tell me I have 105 different different angles that have popped up for, for Saratoga. Are, are all of them angles that are, you know, stuff that I view as, as angles? Many of them are what I call as saved research, like, you know, rail position on the turf, uh, post 10 plus on the dirt, like things like that, that I want to save because you never know things might change. And, I, and I'll give you an example, going back to Belmont. And we've talked about this. You actually kind of got this idea in my head about, you know, looking at mile and 16th on the turf, you know, that kind of dog leg start, how the inside does, how the outside does and the inside, the rail position was absolutely atrocious, just terrible. 
And then you go to this year and it was off the charts. And in a as good an way. example, I remember scrolling through and seeing that, that it popped up. As you can see, these angles are in green. That means it hits a positive ROI and a high success score for whatever angle that, that, I'm, that, I've, that I've made. That popped up. And I said, wow, let me take a look at this. And sure enough, that, that trend completely changed. And it got me to look at the inside a little bit different, uh, you know, again, going to mile 16th on the turf at Belmont. So I wonder what happened. I mean, it, it was such an unusual, it's such an unusual configuration. I know it's the Saratoga show, but we'll start by talking Belmont because who knows, maybe we could find some betbacks here. But whenever you have a really unusual course configuration, maybe they changed the way they angled the gate, who knows, or, or maybe it was randomness all along, but it did always used to just visually look weird for those inside horses that they almost have to, to make uh, two moves coming right out of the gate. Um, anyway, it's fascinating. And I, as a data guy, less interested in, in the why sometimes than you are in, Hey, well, this is something that's happening and this is something I need to pay attention to. I assume that's your, you know, when you're looking at these angles, that that's a huge part of it. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep everything in perspective, right? I mean, you can't just look at any angle or any statistic. We've talked about this before, Pete, where you're just blindly betting it. There's a couple that have been pretty darn close to being blind bets. That's how good they've gotten. But it's more of a piece of the puzzle, right? And I think that's my biggest emphasis on utilizing this as a part of your handicapping process, right? Some things that might draw you to a horse to look at it a little bit deeper, but also maybe some angles that are negative that you want to toss the horse out, right? And you look at the horse, doesn't fit. You want it. You want to remove it. You want to get it out. So you start to then concentrate on what, where you feel the horses are that you want to, you want to play, right? So again, it's all about using your brain fuel the best as possible. I would say that's probably the best way that I use data, something like this to focus on the right horses, building tickets, making the right bets, that, that sort of thing. So this is where it really helps. This is the home screen that kind of gives me an idea as to what's going on. And again, as you, as you scroll through, you'll see every single race will have any angle that is associated with it. Right. So again, it gives you, you know, all different ideas here of, of different horses you can play, you know, like for instance, if I want to look at, let's say, we'll touch on this at the end, but like, you know, one of the, one of the top, one of the top angles, you know, looking at, you know, 50% tag drops, you know, at, at, on the, on the dirt for maiden races at Saratoga. Right. It's just a popular angle. I, I think it flows into ownership. I, I know I think it might sound a little bit crazy, but those are the types of things I like to look at at Saratoga of what is your intent of putting your horse into this race. It's fascinating. Where other tracks you may look at as a negative, but at Saratoga, sometimes it's all about getting in the winner's circle, right? Huh. So that, that becomes Definitely. a real angle and a real thing to look at. And, you know, again, if, if I want to, you know, take a look and, and, and actually go to the past performances, I can click on it and bring it right up, right? And again, I like to use, to be honest with you, I like to use time form as kind of my, my bait, my home base for PPs, but I do have these up as well because they do offer a lot of canned angles and statistics, whether you know, trainer, um, you know, trainer, jockey, that sort of thing. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. That's nice to have that right there at a glance, you know, all those questions that you might ask yourself that, you know, I mean, hell, we'll mention formulator and you have to do the digging and look it up. It's kind of nice to just have it have it pop up there. Um, and, and I imagine that's, is, is that, are those, uh, when you say canned, are they the, are they the same for every single one or are they tailored a little bit to like 
the angle that you might be looking for in that race based on the situation or uh, geared towards positives and negatives? How does that work? So the angles that you create are separate from this. So this is the, this would be the same. If there's different formats you can use, I use the Equibase format. They're going to be the same for every user. So if you're, you're new to it, you jump on it, you're going to see the same stats that show up and they're pretty much the same, right? Like last 10 days, 30 days for a jockey, distance surface, that sort of thing. And then for the trainer. By the way, I just, I love those short-term, having that short-term fluctuation of form stat in your face super useful especially for a, a circuit you're not playing all the time for a contest player yeah exactly exactly and then over here i think for the trainer side it gets a little bit more in depth so if there's anything that jumps off the page as a really i know this might not be the best example here but it, if it jumps off the page like if they're really good in stake races if they're really good 30 to 60 days off the layoff you know sprint to route first time turf like all of those things will be done for you and will show up just by clicking on the horse in the past performances. That's cool. Um, so that, that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. And then up top here, you know, it has all the, the, the Equibase pace profiles, right? So early, middle and late pace figures, how this horse stands against the, the group here. So you get an idea of their pace perspective, average class speed. So a lot of really good data that's very simple to identify just by glancing at the horse in one click, right? So again, that's a good foundation as to why I've used this for so long is the ease of finding the information. I don't have to dig and make seven different clicks to get there, right? I can utilize this. I can take a look to see, okay, look at the pace profile, average speed, any angles that pop up for the trainer or jockey, and then I can kind of go from there. Let's go back to the beginning. When you first open those PPs, I am, I'm just going to take a guess that about the first thing you're going to look for is those green angles. Is that, is that right? Is that is a place to start? Yeah, I'd say that's safe to say, because the, the way that I I've said it, it has to have, um, you know, a minimum you can, you can, now you can change this. You can adjust how these angles show up. Um, so what I do is I want to have, I want to show at least a positive ROI and I want to show a success score of at least six or above. But again, you can adjust that. You can you can change it as you feel. But I want I want to see again. ROI to me is the number one thing, right? And then I can go look at it differently in terms of win percentages. You know, the win percentage might be extremely high, but a negative ROI that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because yeah, folks are betting it, but it's hitting at a high clip, right? So that's something that does play into maybe a pick six bet or pick fives where I really like this horse. Now I'm seeing some angles that I like that high win percentage. Maybe that's the last thing that pushes me in to say, okay, you know, I'm going to single this horse or try to build my tickets around this horse. So different ways you can look at it, but yeah, you're right. Pete. It's for, for the positive angles, the way I said it, those are the ones that are going to jump off. Um, you know, another horse here, another, another angle that I'll mentioned uh, kind of track profiles, you know, I can run angles to show how horses do coming from other tracks. Right. So if I want to see how they are from, you know, like this one here, you're shipping from Churchill from, from the dirt. So the last race at Churchill on the dirt coming over to Saratoga on the dirt, how successful has that move been? It's been very positive, right? And I guess it's a good idea where if I take a look to see, okay, this gives me kind of the, the year look. So that's the default, right? It's looking at over the year. But if I click on the angle, it's going to show me exactly how the angle is built. Right. And then from there, what I can do is, so you'll see the track today is Saratoga around the dirt and then the last track this horse ran on on the dirt was was churchill downs right so then it gives you a, a breakdown of the total races the total starters win percentage place show 
There's that success score I was talking about. And then it gives you the ROI, right? So it gives you a simple breakdown right away. But I want to say, you know what? Let's take a look and go back five years, get a larger sample size and see how this is done. You'll see this is still a very strong Even angle. Even stronger. Yeah. Exactly. So 20% winners, 16% ROI. You know, we're looking at over, you know, we're looking at 324 races as, as the sample size, right? So I think, I think, again, that's, that's the ease. If you've noticed, it's just the simple clicks to get this kind of information. And I'll show oh, you a couple okay. more of, of yeah, how that Let's pause for a second, Matt, because there's sure, yeah. two things I want to clarify. Well, just go further into. One is, I just want to explain the why of why you might want to look at one year versus five year. I mean, I think you already were starting to explain it. To me, as we the perfect example of that Belmont uh, inner rail mile and a 16th um, on the turf stat, things can change. So to be able to see, you know, you're much, generally speaking, you're much more likely, I would say, to see more signal in those five-year numbers than in the one-year numbers. But the one-year numbers are going to catch when the worm turns. And the worm turns for a lot of different reasons in horse racing, whether it's a trainer whose stats change because he's getting different types of horses. I'll bring an ancient ancient example out of the mothballs for this one this one might even be before your time Matt, but maybe maybe at the beginning of your coming into the game for when i was you know a, a young horse player there was like a five-year stretch where nick zito just did not win with first-time starters then he started buying at the at the sales with uh with robert lapenta and he all of a sudden had this new client buying all these fast two-year-olds. And then there was a year at Saratoga. He won seven main races. So somebody looking at five-year stats at that point might have said, well, but after the first one or two, one might have still been saying, oh, this guy doesn't win with, with first-time starters. But then, you know, you pay attention to the way things change and you got to be nimble in this game. And I feel like using the one-year view and the five-year view, that, that can sort of help you account for that. And to me, the examples that you really are going to be the most exciting to me are when the one year and the five year match like they did in your in in this in this angle is that a decent reflection anything any other ways that you use the one year and five year yeah absolutely and again just to, to kind of piggyback on your point right if we use you know back to the one year let's say i want to say, let's say it was different right let's say it, it was a drastic increase like you're saying, where I would say the month and the two weeks come into place, so you can actually go down to the last two weeks. I know this will be all zeros here because Saratoga is not open yet. Correct. Right. But as the meet goes on, I'm going to click those because I want to see if something is starting to change there. And let's say that it did. This details tab is fantastic. I click the details and it literally gives me bring up all the runners, oh, all the cool. runners, everything here that you need. And if I want to sort and say, okay, just show me, you know, sort by all the winners, right? So I can sort that all here by every horse. That's one. I have the trainer. I have the odds, the trainer, jockey, sire, the dam, everything. in just a click, I've got all that information, right? And this is where the rat hole comes in. This is like a disease <laughs> of me, but again, I, something that I enjoy doing. If I want to see what Latruska did in terms of this race, short, short price favorite, if I click on the date, guess what I get? I get the Equibase chart. That's great. Right? So I get all of that information and anything paramutually I wanted to look at, um, any of the comments in the run lines, uh, uh, different calls, the pace figures are in here as well. So again, it's just to emphasize the simplicity of a lot of this, a lot of data, a lot of information that's very simple to get to in a couple of clicks. 
I had one other uh, little tangent before we get back to, you know, we'll go then back to the basics. I also, you know, I have questions about um, the, those projected win odds we see. And I also want you to demonstrate at some point the specifics of how you put an angle together. We'll get to that. But I want to talk about the success score for a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, what I'm assuming this is, is just some sort of algorithm that we don't know the particulars of that is basically a, something that's going to act as a proxy for how often something happens, how repeatable it is, how much we think an angle might go forward. How would you put it in, in your words? That, that's that you, you, you nail it, Pete. That's exactly what it is. It's a projection of how successful this particular angle is long-term. Gotcha. Right. So using as much of a source of data possible holistically. And what the reason why I said it at seven is that's where I see it really start to shine in terms of those longer term projections. So really good. again, you can play with that. That's that's really kind of up to you and why, you know, you can you can change a, a lot of those things there. I'm just giving you my opinion. I, I've I've looked at that quite a bit and I found that seven and above is is really a, a solid long term holistic projection as to how successful that angle is over time. And that's to combat the idea that you'll see when you just do ROI and anybody who's ever spent any time doing um, playing around in, in a database like Formulator, you'll occasionally see the stat with the, the lower win percentage and maybe even lower um, place and, and, and show returns. But the ROI is positive and you go to the list and, oh, there's 150 to one shot that's skewing it and makes the ROI look good. But trying to expect this to happen again is akin to you know finding a wallet on the street on on saturday and going back on sunday and expecting there to be another one you know one anomalous result changes it the success score i would imagine like levels that out and tries to make it um stuff that again is going to be much more likely to be repeatable yeah that's a great point too and i use that for the win percentage right win percentage but a negative you know 30 percent roi what that tells me you're not that smart the public knows all <laughs> this already so there's no point to even Right. So it's all baked in, but that, that's useful information because it can go the opposite way where there's a strong win percentage. The ROI is high. Again, I click on that details tab and it brings up the final odds. And if I see a range of like, you know, six, seven to one, 10 to one, that's telling me that the public's not necessarily on this yet. Right. So that becomes even more fruitful, I think. Of, of utilizing that particular data to build into your place. So no, I, I think that's, it's a great relationship between yeah, showing the ROI, the, the win percentage, et cetera, you know, to really see how successful will this be or are you gonna go broke betting this whole time? <laughs> Let's go back to this card at Saratoga on Thursday, just for fun, didn't prep you for this, but just for fun, I feel like clicking through some of the other green things that, that pop up, if you don't mind showing us um, a little bit more. I assume there, there were two in that first race and there haven't been any in the, in the second or third, but I assume we'll get some as we go through. I'm just curious to give, give people an idea of some of the kinds of things they can do. Then I want to talk about those other things we mentioned, but here's one. Oh, very interesting. And this one probably the surprise to me on this angle, Matt, is, is not that Rosario and Clement do particularly well on the inner turf, but the idea that the, 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 the the public hasn't gotten to that to the point where there's still a 66% ROI. Maybe just as I theorize, maybe it's because so many of these races are, are so loaded and you're going to have, you know, everybody knows Clement Rosario do so well, but you know, you got to think this is also a race and these have been races over the years with so many Chad Brown and Bill Mott and, you know, you name it other uh, hotshot 
uh, trainers that somehow it's ended up a little bit uh, a, a little bit underrated anyway. How important are, is or how good of a tool is Racelands when it comes to doing jockey and trainer work? I think I, I would say this. I think that where I really emphasize it and use it as much as I can is I'm trying to see intent from from the connections, right? And as you can see, if you're looking on the screen here, like I've got shipping in from Belmont, right, from the turf, you know, it, we're, we're posted, you know, between one and three. Then I have general angles of, of Rosario, right, of like just turf routes in general at Saratoga, how, how Joel has done. But then it allows me to dig a little bit deeper and get more specific. And that's where this, so I see just Rosario on the inner turf, but then I got even deeper to say, once I dig through those charts, I noticed when Rosario and Clement get together on the inner turf, right? Routing on the turf, this is something special. This might be some intent here of his go-to for this type of race. So again, that's what kind of helps me. It's a good example of how you can really get more and more deeper into it and find some stuff that may not be just readily jumping off the page to you uh, with the specifics. And one thing leads to another. We're not, we don't have time to go into like every angle here. And I don't know if you've run this or not, but the first thing I see uh, the next thing I think of when I see that angle is it makes me want to say, Ooh, I wonder how Chad Brown does inner turf to outer turf. And mm -hmm. with a few clicks, you'd be able to put that study together and see, and maybe there's no signal in it at all. Maybe he does the same win percentage as his baseline in both those categories, but maybe you find an area where you can actually look to once in a while, if you don't love the horse on paper, oppose a Chad Brown runner at, at Saratoga rather than just, play them reflexively the way so many horse players do. I just bring that up as an example of the type of thing you can do with this program. Shall we roll through uh, a couple more of these if, you, if you've got a few more? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's the, the ones that show and also to the ones that show up in red are your negative angles, right? So that's where it's going the opposite way of showing. I have it as a success score of anything like three and below. Again, it's just telling you that this angle probably both on an ROI standpoint and a win percentage standpoint, just not working. Right. So, and when you say red, you mean red. like a bright red flag, not these, the, 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 the these other, that, like that one, like yep. that one, like cold, so, cold to sell. so the opposite, the opposite to Churchill on, on the dirt is Churchill to the turf, right? Totally, totally different. Right. So a totally different perspective of just not thinking all these horses from Churchill are doing well, not the case, right? Break that down. I have different form angles, right? Second after the layoff, out of the money in the last start, eight to 30 days away. You Again, it just emphasizes how specific. You be general, but if you want to get really specific and look, and you'll see some that say like Saratoga test turf, usually I will deactivate those. I will most likely do that. But what I do and I want to build just looking at it, I'll run a quote angle, but it's more research. I'll just say, you know, show me every race, on the turf at Saratoga. Mm -hmm. And then this massive file shows up and then I start to go through the charts and to see if I notice any consistencies, any patterns or anything that I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into. That's where I start to get the ideas to build different angles and, and different research. That sounds like the next level, another, another uh, webinar seminar type thing down the line. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll show, we'll learn a little bit more like that. Cause that's some um, I can kind of get my head around it, but I don't want to, I don't want to go down that particular rabbit hole. Now I was curious that what was the other, there was another negative angle associated with the same horse. What was that one? So this is a form angle. So if you're looking at second start off, uh, you know, after a layoff out of the money in the last start eight to 30 days away, 
right? I'm just trying to see like, you know, is, is there any, so this is more of a general angle. What I, then what I would like to do is if I, if I were to click on this, I can then dig a little bit deeper and see what the numbers are, right? And then also too, I can see once the chart comes up that, you know, if I look at like details, right? So if, again, these are massive stats, right? We're yeah. looking at a lot, as large of a sample as you could possibly get. But then when I go to the details, you know, I can sort a bit more and say, okay, is there any trainer that's just really not successful, you know, utilizing this particular, uh, you know, this, this particular uh, type of type of profile, right? So again, that's where you can start to like dig in just a little bit deeper and, and, and see exactly uh, uh, what comes up. Now, again, when you're running some of these bigger files and you're running running some of these bigger angles, it will take sometimes a bit to run through that. So it's always the, uh, you know, always the, uh, the the downfall to, especially doing a live demonstration. But, um, <laughs> but again, clicking on those details will show you that, right? So again, I won't bring it up, but like if you if you click on that and look to see, are there any trainers? Are there is there any particular you know other deeper profile that I can build that I want to create now another angle off of this? right? To do a bit more research. And again, like you said, you're going to build a lot of angles that suck. That's just the way <laughs> all day long. I think that I have one of the best ideas going of something that I'm watching. I'll literally be what you know, I think the best, if you're simulcasting at home, the RTN channel for the OTB channel, got the four different tracks going, you know, Seth Merrow popping every once in a while, <laughs> but I'll have my eyes glancing at other stuff and say, that's interesting, you know, at Gulfstream on the synthetic or something. And I'll run the angle and I'll come back you know, 14% winners, negative 20% are like as most plain vanilla as possible where, Hey, the numbers really aren't matching what my eyes are seeing, but that's still fruitful, still helpful to do something like that. Sometimes you're just going to say that dog don't hunt. That's just the right. way, that's just the way it goes. Something like this is interesting. Um, one thing that, you know, it's tricky to draw too much out of it. Um, but I do often give a lot of credit to these to, to second off layoff horses that probably I'll excuse that, that bad race back, you know, and say, Oh, maybe they just needed it. But I will say that the way you, you dealt with the, the days between starts, maybe them coming back so quickly, the way modern training works, maybe that's some of why this one is so meh. I mean, this is a, these are worse results than I would have guessed. I would have guessed that that number would be pretty close to what the overall baseline was, or, or maybe even a little bit better. But I think it does teach you something about modern training, especially when things don't go, to plan, i.e. not an in-the-money finish off the layoff. They're very often going to take more like, you know, uh, five weeks or, or even longer. But yeah. anyway, that's that we, could, we can get into that another time. I do have a little bit of an agenda for us I want to hold on to. I'd love to go back and have you explain the win probability that we're seeing there on the screen. Get your, you know, your honest opinion of how much you look into that and, and how important that is to your handicapping. And I want to see the process of how we physically build an angle, even if we don't want to do an entire one, if you can show us how that works from there, I'd love to ask you about some of the angles you're in particularly excited about following this Saratoga meet. And maybe we'll wrap up with the, some examples from the first few days of the Saratoga meet, if you're down with that. Yeah, absolutely. So for the wind probability that flows into another nice option that you have available here, which I refer to that is called true odds, right? So that's their AI portion of, of race lens, right? So if I just click on the true odds, it's going to bring up the race and give me all of their AI data of their wind projections, how the wind projections relate to a fair value, 
right now, obviously you're not going to get the best version here because uh, the, the morning line odds are not present. So when the morning lines are present, that's where you're going to see this to be a bit different where if their projected value is, let's say like we talked about a horse uh, last, uh, last week, that was nine to five versus a 10 to one morning line. That's going to highlight in yellow. So that'll show up clearly on there of a fair value. That is far better than what the morning line is. Right. Very interesting. Gives their projection of the race as well. You know, using the Equibase uh, pace figures, you can actually hover over the horse and it'll tell you what the early pace figures are of each one. Cool. Right. And then you'll see the middle pace here. Same thing. You'll get an idea. Here's one function I like, and, and you know, I refer to Christina Blacker uses a lot on, on TVG. I love this. It's one of my favorite things of the true odds feature. Over here for late pace, you can actually just sort. If I click on it, it will rank every horse in the late pace figure going forward. Right. So if I have a fast pace race and I just want to quickly see what does Equibase project on late pace figure to be the horses that are going to have the best, best uh, feet of uh, you know, fleet of foot late. I can click on that and it'll show me exactly what those horses are, right? So again, another simple click that I like. And what I'll add to this, this is where it gets good if you're, this is very mobile friendly as well. Um, you could bring up on your phone, um, but also too, if you're, when you're watching the races live, all of this is in real time, right? So these projected odds comparison to their fair value, um, the fundamental odds is more of a combination, right. Of their fair value projected odds, the true odds projection. And then it also has the, in the money odds as well. So what they project horses hitting the board that all changes in real time as the parimutuel board changes as well. So this is something that is not stuck in stone. It does update, uh, as the, uh, as the race, you know, gets, gets more and more money in the pools. You'll see that, uh, you'll see that adjust and change as well. Does the algorithm use the public's money as one of its factors? In other words, will a horse being bet make its true odds go down or is it independent of that signal? Um, it's more of the relationship of their fair value versus the morning line of, of the horse. Like that yellow bar will fall off if if you get to a point where it's the, the, the fair value is there's it's just not there anymore based on how the horse is getting bet. Right. So it's a way that you can see the function of the betting. How does that change? How does that adjust what their fair value projections are in terms of its value of betting the horse? And how often do you use the true odds? How often do you use this, their version of a, of a pace projector? I mean, uh, how much does it factor into your daily play? Um, I mean, again, I, I've, I've always, I'm going to, I'll shoot everybody straight and be honest. I do look at this as a, as a, as a, you know, a, a resource. I do like time form. I will say this not to pump my own chest here, but I do have my own pace model and I have my own power index that creates a fair value as well. But what I like is I want to see what other algorithms that, you know, have a lot more resources than I do to see what do they project, right? What are their projections of this horse? What's their fair value projection? And then I can get a better idea as to, you know, am I close? Am I on? Am I, am I way off? That, that kind of thing. So I use as, I use as a reference, Pete, rather than something that I would look at specifically to something to use. I mean, I think in many ways, that's, that's a great thing about this program. It seems like something that if you want, there's all the they're, they're traditional looking PPs in there and you could make this your be all and end all, but it feels to me like something also, I mean, a lot of the people who are watching are going to be kind of set in the ways of the things that they use. And I think it's really cool that this is something that can 
can be grafted onto that used in a supplementary fashion. And that's, you know, I'm already scheming ways I want to do that. And, and for me, I think the number one application that comes up here that I don't see existing anywhere else is the ability to do full on research like we talked about earlier in the show. And what I want you to demonstrate now is how one would um, create create an angle. And we can use that one that I just threw out there before about uh, Chad Brown. If you have something prepared that you wanted to use, uh, we could do that. I just want people to see physically how they do that, where what screen they go to, what buttons they click, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. One thing real quick, well, just very quickly, and I'll jump back to, to that, Pete. Um, yes. So before we do that, Another key thing is is this research tab. Um, I like this especially for two year old races. So if I if I click on this research tab, it literally gives me a breakdown of the trainer, jockey, sire, dam, everything here, win percentage, in the money, the ROI, median win. If I want to look at all the PPs that are in this data set, I click open here. It brings up the Equibase charts again. But like if I'm looking at it from a two year old standpoint, I know this isn't a two year old race, but I can get an idea, right? I get a quick snapshot by just clicking to see what is this, what are the sires in this race look like, right? That's what is great. click on the dam? Like, what are we looking at here? You know, I see a nice positive ROI, 28% win percentage, 18 starters, but one horse, right? So that might change my thought because, okay, who is this horse? So again, you're looking at as much diversity as you can here, just to try to, again, to build a better case for those races that might be more difficult that you don't have a lot of information. Can you look, see the dam's produce if you open up that tab, or does it not go that far? So when you open this up, um, it it will like so you yeah so you can go into what the horses are here. Um, I do believe um, so. It gives you the horse name here. There's a way that you can go into if you go to the the um, I, the sire PPs or the if you go to the, in this case the dam PPs it will bring that up. There's an extra click to get there, but you can then start to drill through the progeny in there. Still. And even on the PPs will give you kind of a second layer of, of progeny as well when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to the siren dam, uh, uh, you know, progeny. But the idea that research t tab in a given race will take you to that next level to look at trainer, jockey, siren, dam. That's pretty cool. Uh, and it surfaces pretty easily. Yeah, exactly. So, so let's get to the, your your um, the, the the question that you, you know, I think where the most value of this particular platform comes into play is you want to build an angle, right? So if you click on manage angles, this is going to show all of the angles that I have. Now, when you do get a subscription, you will see that race lens builds in their very own. So it's included. So you're not going to start from complete scratch with nothing on there. Now, here's what I like about that. If you're brand new to it, you know, my wife makes fun of me all the time because she, when we buy anything, say something from like Ikea that has 10,000 parts to it, she is meticulous at reading all of the directions and going through it and doing step-by-step. Step. I'm more of the dump it out and let's see if I can put it all together and maybe I can modify it a little bit or do my own version of it. Drives her crazy, but I think that type <laughs> of mentality helps here because if you click on any of these, say you have no idea really how to do it. If you click on it, it will show you exactly where to find all of those different pieces that built the overall angle, right? So again, just, just to do something very, very quick here. So if I click on it, it's going to show you like under stat trainer, the distance, right? And then we're going to say set the ROI to greater than or equal to 10, right? 
And I know this might be over your head to start, but I just want to give you an idea of like how you can kind of deconstruct yep. and start to get ideas where stuff are. So what I would do is when I started, I would just make notes of like, okay, I want that same type of trainer ROI stat. I'm going to write that down and see and see where that is. So then when we go back to it, right, what you want to do is you create new angles. Right. So again, just want to give you that as an example, if you want to try to deconstruct some of the canned stuff that comes with it, when you go to create a new angle, this is where the whole thing opens up. Right. So if I want to do a basic filter, I can select by track, surface, course, distance, class, purse, age restrictions, track condition. If you want to do sloppy, wet, fast, whatever shows up in the Equibase chart, you can basically research. Right. So it's pretty extensive in those charts. So, again, you could do a lot of different things when it comes to it. Field size, if you want to look at that as well, um, you could do circuits on here, too. So include circuit. I can just put Naira or New York and it'll, it'll encompass, you know, all of the tracks in, in, uh, that, that are part of Naira. So, again, this kind of gives you the basic idea. You know, if you do surface, it does have all weather as well. You want to make sure that some charts that don't separate the two between the dirt and the all weather. I like to select this just to make sure I'm not getting any all weather tracks that are included in any angle. I can select that. Um, different courses too, right? You know, if you're, if, if a race comes off the turf as well, right, that gives you an idea that can give you some ideas for different angles, uh, you know, wet dirt, wet turf. So you, you, there's a lot of different things that you can look at just from the very basics of, of the first, uh, of, of the first tab. So that kind of gives you your, your overall, your track, your course, surface and then you can kind of dig in you kind of dig in from there the profile tab again this is where you get into a lot of the deeper stuff with trainers jockeys horse sire dam this one's interesting right and and i've got you know there's a there's a few different uh, angles that i like to look at again for saratoga of for ownership groups maybe that just they want to get folks in the winner circle listen let's face it it's a business what better way to get people excited about investing in your program than to get them in the winner circle at Saratoga and have them go home and say, I had the best experience ever. <laughs> Check this out. I'm on TV. I'm in the winner circle, right? Like think about that from just a, a business standpoint, this might sound crazy, but there's ways that you can actually go in and build and bring up an owner and see sure. what their stats are at Saratoga. Right. So like, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you just a quick, for instance of, of one for it's uh, for, for Klarovich. I mean, for, Horses they drop down so five or more points on the Equibase class scale, right? Fifty percent, fourteen runners, fifty percent winners, right? In a positive eighty-one percent ROI. Rapoli something similar to there too, of forty-three percent winners in a positive eight percent ROI. So again, it no negative class drop there, right? I'm not saying that's the intent, but man, I'm telling you, I think it's just it it factors in sometimes where you might be questioning a drop of a horse, maybe not so much. That might be part of a bigger business plan that you may not be aware of. Yeah. And in there, I think in those two instances, perfect examples of dropping to win races because, you know, winning a, a, a title at Saratoga priceless to either of those individuals for sure. But yeah, I'd love to see what happens if you run it through West Point or Little Red Feather or our friends at Adelphi or whomever, you might get to see how aggressive ownership groups are, are, are willing to be to get that win that's worth more than money up at the Saratoga race meet. Something I think we're going to be seeing a lot of in terms of, you know, how big these field sizes I'm guessing are going to be, especially in the early part of the meet. People, you know, it, it's 
the, the normal economics go out the window in many ways when you're looking at a meat like Saratoga or Del Mar, and you can use race lens as a tool to help you find out what's what. And or, you know, I mean, maybe everybody's trying to do it. Let's look at which ones are actually doing it successfully. And the public is still, everybody knows this, right? And yet the public is still clearly underrating some of those um, droppers because the ROI is positive and the success scores are high. So I think that's a really good example what are the other uh, what are those other two tabs you have down there yeah so to, quickly on, on on the horse side this is probably one i think that's very in-depth and a lot of different things that you can look at right for the specific horse surface distance class post position you know the morning line odds you could do a morning line relative to the closing odds to see like if there's any kind of substantial change for certain types of you know horses whether it's trainers for a sire two-year-old sire etc I think the run style is interesting too. So it brings in all of those classic run styles. So if I click here, projected on the lead, early, early presser, presser, sustained, right? So all of those traditional, you know, uh, uh, you know, modern pace handicapping uh, uh, you know, specifics you can put in there. You can actually run angles that are based on the run style of, of the horse. So great stuff. Um, you know, different like sales uh, information, you know, again, Best lace, late pace. I use that quite a bit. If I want to run an angle to see like a late pace figure for a particular uh, distance or surface uh, at a track. So again, that kind of gives you a we're very much in depth on the horse side. All of it's very similar for the jockey and trainer uh, as, uh, as well. So I know it's a lot of information, but again, this is why you got to spend a little time with it. I love doing these. So if more and you want to do these, Pete and pop on and give some more ideas, maybe do it by a specific topic. Yeah. Um, be happy to do that. The stat side of it is uh, of here is this where you get like those ROI angles. If you want to run it by a horse trainer, jockey, particular sire or dam, and you want to see, you know, if I sire, I can just show the surface blinkers on blinkers off the, the, the track, the, you know, surface ROI win percentage in the money greater than or equal to, so you can play around with all that stuff and and see uh, see what you can find and start digging around and see if you can find some positive stuff again it's your stuff right so it's not something that you're buying that's telling you hey this is what our research tells us this is more where you can do kind of grab the grab the controls and and start to build to build your own information it's very very interesting and and you know we will definitely have to do more things and maybe you know with the magic of some video editing we can do one where we really do run a bunch of angles and can show them and it'll be a little bit more entertaining than waiting for the waiting for the spinning wheel too that's another <laughs> idea for a future a future a project as well yeah what the so on the last one on the case side you can start to do like situational right days between starts like to go do some layoff stuff um medication right if you want to see first time lasix second time lasix off lasix first time blinkers on right all those different equipment changes gelding first time gelding second time um th those you can run there um you know last race two backs you can start to build some progression of of those races looking at going going a few races back one thing i'll go to so again like finish position beaten lengths the true odd side if you say okay you know what i want to know how successful these true odd projections are you can actually run angles using the ai part of it right? Converting what their projections are to a win percentage, right? So I like to run these, like, give me, give me a 50% edge over and above, like their expected win percentage. And let me see how that works, right? Let me see how, how successful it is. And it's extremely successful, right? So 
it brings a little bit of the AI to a specific horse, then you can then make your own decision on something like that. So I just wanted to bring that up because you can actually run angles against what the AI part of the program is telling you and see if you can come up with your, your own ideas there as well. Um, again, Equibase speed and pace figures, you know, whether they're ascending, you know, you can look at their last, their last pace figure, uh, middle pace figure, early pace figure. So you can handicap really all parts of it, but handicap it by building the data and seeing what the results are and see, uh, see if there's anything that jumps out to you that uh, might be, might be interesting to take a look at the play. So I know it's a quick run through of all the different tabs, but the key part is you can really find just about anything on there. Anything that you're really looking for, you can, you can find. It's pretty amazing. I look forward to delving into it myself and chatting more with you about it. Let's talk Turkey specifically about this Saratoga meet. We talked about some angles already based on those opening day PPs that popped up in your, from the research you've done, what are some of the other things you're really looking most forward to seeing this Saratoga meet? What will you have your eye on? Yeah. Some of the general angles, um, like if you look at post position, uh, if you look at last year, seven furlongs on the dirt, on the rail seem to be very, very good. Uh, 47 starters, 22% winners with a positive 57% ROI. That's surprising. So again, gives you an idea of, of, a, of a strong rail position against specifically going seven on the dirt. The other, I mean, again, there's several different post position angles you run. Nothing really jumped up. I'll give you the ones that there's some stuff that has, has jumped off a bit. Um, you know, if you look at like, like go to the opposite side, look at turf routes, you know, posted 10 or more. You know, if you look at it as 85, 85 starters, only three winners, right? So 4% uh, on the win side, negative 72% ROI. So again, a couple of things to look at it from, you know, inside dirt, outside on the, on the turf course, right? Looking at some different ideas there um, as to what their successes are on a, on a, on a general standpoint. Um, I mentioned in terms of, 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 of tracks, different tracks, I'll summarize this a little bit. Um, one that was kind of interesting was uh, horses coming in from Woodbine, uh, running, going from that uh, synthetic surface onto the onto the dirt here. Twenty five percent winners, fifty percent uh, in the money, and twenty two percent positive, twenty two percent ROI. Thought that was interesting, something to to fold in there. We talked about the uh, the Churchill angle, right? So successful on the dirt, but just totally different uh, on the uh, on on the on the on the turf. Um, you know, to another thing that I did too was I broke down. You can actually look and research how morning line favorites have done, right? So I think that's something that's interesting. See how strong that morning line is, and you know, Arizona I think is the best in my opinion at at, at doing it. such a tough job to do. Um, but you know, something that uh, you know, I, I would few things that I would look at here. One of them really jumped off off the page. So I broke it down by all different uh, all different uh, um, you know, all different classes. The state bred dirt routes, 48 starters, 52% of the morning line favorites have won with still a positive ROI of 33%. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, and then a couple ones in terms of graded stakes uh, company, um, dirt routes, 41 starters, 44% wins that were morning line favorites in those dirt routes. Negative ROI, negative fifteen percent ROI, but I think that's to be uh, to be understood. But negative fifteen percent, not terrible, right? So, oh. again, high win percentage, right? Something to consider. What I thought was interesting was the uh, the four uh, turf uh, graded stake uh, uh, turf races, turf sprints, four races, not one morning line favorite one. So, so <laughs> there you go. If you want to look at going against the uh, the public, there, I think that's uh, that's an interesting uh, interesting side angle. Um, 
in terms of, um, you know, again, I've got a bunch here, but I, I know uh, we've kind of gone through quite a bit. Um, you know, looking at two-year-olds, I think there's some interesting stuff there. Um, I know uh, JK is familiar with uh, Lope Vega. Um, again, just dropped a little bit, was 0 for 4 last summer. But, uh, you know, again, looking at 24 starts, 42% winners for two-year-old first-time starters uh, for this sire, 60% in the money and a positive 30% ROI. So that's, that's a sire you see show up quite a bit at Saratoga. Um, again, Nyquist speaks, speaks for itself. Um, but just some, um, some, some sires that you'll see uh, show up in the PPs, uh, at Saratoga. Um, I knocked, uh, I knocked Kenny McPeak last weekend and, uh, he threw it right back in my face with a $55 <laughs> horse. So what I'll do is I'll give him some props here. So, uh, Kenny McPeak has, has been successful with two-year-old first time starters, turf routes, uh, 23 starters, 22% wins. Uh, in a positive, a whopping 173% ROI. So not giving him a respect at the windows, but he's been pretty successful uh, routing those horses uh, uh, on the turf uh, for two years. Something that, you know, obviously I think a lot of these are going to be, you know, um, younger horses, but that was basically the angle. That's basically the, you you could argue that was the exact angle with the the, the horse the other day who, uh, who, who, you know, came up and came up and bit us. Matt and I weren't complimentary either, though I will say to our defense, (laughs) We were talking about that when Emmanuel was in the race. It did the, the, the situation changed, and I got a little stubborn. Not that I was ever going to like push that horse to uh, to an extreme degree, but certainly made so it felt like a whiff and a horse that definitely should have been included as a backup after the fact. You know, we got to go back and look and and own the blame when it's ours and and understand why things happened when they didn't. And and I definitely think you know. I'll just throw that in there. But yeah, the McPeak going long on the turf thing, I think is it, is it especially for two-year-olds? Am I remembering that right? Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's for two, that's for two-year-old, two-year-old first time stars on the turf routing on the turf. Um, just thought that was interesting. Cause I don't, I don't think that's the public gravitation when it comes to a particular horse like that on the turf routing two-year-olds. I think there's other you know bigger names that I think have the gravitation. So again, that's why I like to run these numbers and you can do that here to see exactly what the success has been. So that, that was one that uh, jumped off, uh, jumped off the page a little bit uh, for me. Um, give you a couple uh drop in class. So 50% tag drops here. Um, Asmussen, <laughs> he only had eight stars last year, but 50% of them were winners and a positive 219% ROI. So that's not a bad return on those, uh, on those four runners there. Um, same thing when Maker and Ortiz uh, tag up with with a class drop or these uh, tag drops of 50% or more, 60% winners with a positive 46% uh, ROI. So again, some connections, some intent there, get you some good uh, get you some good uh, stats on, on some of those uh, particular situations. Um, see if there's anything else that really uh, jumped off here. Um, yeah, any other favorites? And then maybe we can just talk about a horse, a couple more horses from the first. I don't know how far ahead you've looked at this point, but uh, we've got two days drawn. If you wanted to throw out any any specific uh, any specific horses as well, yeah, I, a couple of things I'll add in terms of the graded stakes uh, angles here. Obviously, don't uh, don't sleep on Mike Smith. I know he's getting up there, but he certainly has tremendous numbers out here. Uh, Twenty one starters at Saratoga, fifty seven percent winners in graded stakes uh, company positive 104% ROI. So uh, again, don't, don't sleep on Mike, even when the, the, uh, the old age that he's getting up to uh, one thing I thought was interesting and uh, I'll probably put, uh, I'll probably put Julian Leperu in the winner's circle with this one. Great, uh, <laughs> graded stakes uh, on the dirt for Julian Leperu. Uh, he has uh, 0 for 18. 
So I thought that was uh, that's that's an interesting stat uh, on on the dirt. So uh, just twenty eight percent of them are in the money too. So um, those are two I thought were interesting on the uh, on the greatest stakes uh, standpoint there. Um, yeah, no other. I, there's a there's a bunch of others there. Maybe we can put this out in more of a kind of on the plus side for uh, more of a, a list. Yeah, that's a great idea. If you're willing to do a little bit of a write up, why not? I mean, we didn't. Uh... Didn't mean to upsell everybody here, but uh, we do we do have our loyal I said plus. It, so blame me, so. <laughs> <laughs> we do have our loyal plus people as well in the moneypodcast.com slash plus to learn about that. But you know, you're also going to be on a whole bunch during the meet, and we'll be talking about these as they come up too. But I think that gives people some some you know a little bit of meat on the bone, some things to look for out of the gate, some things that are contradictory, I think, to conventional wisdom. I think a lot of people think seven furlongs on the dirt and the rail often breaks half a step slow and, and could be disadvantageous. The numbers say something very different, something that we'll look at as the meat goes on. But it's also the kind of thing you could see, maybe depending on how I could see change, they change the rail position slightly instead of a horse breaking slightly in. It's more like a traditional sprint where they get away with alacrity and, and the, the normal advantage of inside and sprints plays. It's good to know that that's something that's happening. I think you had a couple of good ideas in terms of connections, the Smith one. When you said that one out loud, I was thinking that that was was that is there are there a whole lot of Baffert horses in that sample, and and therefore not something we're going to have to be necessarily worrying about this summer. I don't know, but it's still it's good to know that uh, you know the, the the antenna should should go up if we do see him coming to Saratoga. Lots lots of good ideas there, and we appreciate your your wisdom. And there'll be more to come. Yeah, I, I think that one is a little more obvious. And yeah, there's a lot of Baffert uh, connections in there. But again, if a jockey's coming out from the West Coast for one race, I'm sure he thinks he's picking up a check, right? So this is a commission business. So I'm sure he's, uh, I'm sure he's thinking, uh, you know, cashing a check when he's out there. But it's an idea where you can look at some of maybe other jockeys you notice that are showing up in weird spots. Like I have an angle of of Daisuke Fukumoto from Woodbine coming down to aqueduct for a particular trainer and the numbers are off the charts and they're in like these weird maiden races. So it's like, you can get into all that information. I was actually a nice NHC horse that I hit. It was like 11 to one or 12 to one or something like that, where I said, I have no opinion. I need some prices because I'm struggling here and I played him and he won. So, <laughs> you know, you never know. You can, you, again, you, it doesn't have to be those higher profile connections. You can look at, maybe you start to notice something and you start to, you start to build that and see what it looks like. We've just got about five minutes left, Matt. Let's talk about some specific horses on these first couple of days. You got anything for us? Um, you know, again, I, I the couple of horses that we had uh, we had mentioned before um, on the Thursday card. I think it's a pretty pretty difficult card. There's nothing really that I would say that that you know jumps out at me as as a horse that I really want to I really want to drive and, and and play back. Um, there's a there's a horse on uh, if you look to on on Friday. Um, in the third race, that mile and the 16th, uh, again, that angle comes up again with Rosario Clement on the inner turf. Um, but I thought Mr. Connecticut was, uh, was, was very interesting in that race, probably going to catch some money there, but I think there's some competition there. And I'm not just saying that because I'm from Connecticut, which by the way, very happy to hear. I did not know that, that the Salevos are from New Haven, which is where I grew up. So I liked, I like that. And yes, it is the best pizza in the world. And I will not accept any other answer. Uh, to that. <laughs> We got to get you to Brooklyn, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying I, you know, I have a dog in this fight. I've only eaten New Haven pizza once and it was awesome. But I, as a Brooklynite, I have to, I have to at least suggest us as one of the, one of the plausible alternatives along with Naples. 
um, Italy, not Florida, that I, that I, that I think at least <laughs> deserve to be in the conversation. But yeah, you know they want to get a big, they want to get a win with Mr. Connecticut, named for, named for Miguel Clement, of course, um, uh, somewhat facetiously, I might add. You, you know they want to get a win. Maybe he hasn't turned out to be the horse that they wanted to be. And I'm sure in particular, it was very hard for Miguel to geld uh, to be involved in the gelding of his, his namesake a couple of races back. But if nothing else, like I mentioned, those wins at Saratoga worth more than money. That's a, that's a win picture that will hang in the household forever should they get it done. So so Mr. Connecticut, definitely one who deserves some extra One thing to add to that, though, the reason – so obviously that angle that we talked about, but another angle I ran there, too, of more of just identifying these horses that have the best early and late pace, right, it seemed – Seems obvious, but again, I want my attention drawn to that, right? So yep. I've got a jockey with intent. I trust him on the front end. I also trust the clock in his head to utilize that late pace as best as possible, too. So for me, that's why I want to I want to I want to look at that again. Probably will take some money here, but I think that best early and late pace connections on the inner turf, like that's that's a horse on a on a data perspective that I looked at the horse on a handicapping side and, and felt the same. And, and that's a horse I definitely want to, uh, I definitely want to look to use on, uh, on Friday. So not, not an opening day, but the horse I saw on uh, Friday that I think is interesting. And I'll mention one more thing. You say it's obvious and it is when you say it, that the horse with the best early and best late should, should win a lot. But remember, this is one of the cool things about race lens that they they're having this very obvious and easy to use late pace rating for every race. That's something you have to, compute manually if you're looking at at, uh, mm-hmm. at time form us so just the fact that it's going to highlight those horses for you that's that's worth something as well yeah and you can see how in different places that work i had a, again i had one at Gulfstream. it was more weather related to or best early and late pace when it didn't rain for like two weeks if i can find a horse with the best early and late pace on the turf it was like a blind it was like a blind bet just it, the horses just never stopped they just kept going uh, but again, that's that stuff that you can build in and it'll automatically show up uh, once you build that once you build that profile. Um, you know, again, just yeah, I mean, you know, Chad's got, a, got I think uh, Grave Nuts Warriors interesting. Uh, that's in the uh, that's in that state bread in this in the sixth race again, going a mile on the 16th, um, I think is interesting, um, you know, coming out of uh, coming out coming out of Belmont, um, you know, obviously, Chad you know, doing extremely well. I hope he has one of those like soft starts. Everybody says that he's done and don't bet him anymore. And, you know, and his prices go through the roof and I get to bet him back again. So um, yeah, th- those are a couple of horses, Pete. Um, again, I would say kind of in the infancy stages of, of digging into uh, to both of these cards here, but uh, no, I, I think off the top, I've got a couple of horses that uh, I, I like and, and want to see what those prices look like. The Clement Rosario angle is, is there basically all day in, in that grape nuts, warrior race you've also got straw into gold potential mm-hmm. exact the partner i suppose with grape nets and then in the featured forbidden apple uh there's which is also contested on the inner turf they team up again in a race that has a bunch of other ways to go but i have to say city man looks pretty strong on paper in that spot as well so a handful of ideas on opening uh, weekend on that friday card from Matt and, and, you know, loads of great info throughout the show. Just want to spend our last couple minutes uh, thanking you again. I'll read those promo codes again for people who, uh, who maybe have gotten interested as we've gone along, but, you know, appreciate this, appreciate that you'll be contributing to plus and also loads of stuff on the free side over on the late week show. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll have to do another demo before the meets over too. 
Absolutely. I know it's a lot. So, you know, it's, it's, it might be a little tough at first, but I promise you, once you start to get comfortable with it, you start to realize how it can be beneficial for you and realize the ease of getting a lot of information. I really do think it's going to help. Uh, it's going to help your traditional handicapping and make a, make a much more complete, uh, complete play. New customers. You get the first month for only $1 with that promo code in the money. And then you have the ability, if you've already, uh, if you're already a customer, 40% discount on any unlimited race lens subscription. So, you know, you start with a month there, I suppose, and you take it from there in the money 40. That's the code you use for that. And to get to the screen um, where, where you can take this to the next level, we made a little pretty link. You can go to the Equibase website and navigate over to race lens or Go to InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash RaceLens. We thank our partners at RaceLens. We thank everybody for, uh, for tuning in. We recommend that you, uh, you, you go ahead and, uh, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts, on the YouTube channel as well. Rate, review, subscribe. Do all those fun things. Thank you to you, Matt. Thank you to RaceLens. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to producer Craig for producing the show. Always uh, great to get to work with him and we'll see you next time over at uh, in the money media i'm peter thomas for natal may you win all your photos